Thanks for joining us here on Napa Broadcasting. I'm Jeff Shackman. The Napa Valley Writers Conference returned this year, and it was as if it had never gone away for the pandemic or for anything else. The week-long conference brought together the best of both emerging young talent and some of the masters of the craft. And we get to talk with a couple of them today. We begin with Lan Samantha Chang. She returns to the conference for her 15th year. The director of the esteemed Iowa Writers Workshop, she's the author of three novels, dozens of short stories, and a recipient of fellowships from the National Endowment of the Arts, the Guggenheim Foundation, and her latest novel has just been published, entitled The Family Chow. It is my pleasure to welcome Samantha Chang here. Samantha, thanks so much for joining us. Tell me a little bit about the fact that you have been here 15 years. I mean, that's a pretty remarkable accomplishment and, and truly a commitment. I love this conference. I think it's one of the most serious places that I've been uh, in which writing is discussed, you know, craft is celebrated, books are made, and a, a lot of really wonderful students come in to this conference and they return, some of them with books. Talk a little bit about the kind of students, the kind of people that have been part of this conference over the years that you've seen. Obviously, as you say, some have been successful, some have turned out books, but what, what, what's been consistent for you that you've seen in the kind of people that, that come here? I think the kind of people who come to this conference are interested in making their work good. Like they want to write books, but they also want to write books that move people, books that people will turn to over and over, um, books that they themselves are proud of. And in order to do that, they know that it helps to study writing craft. Talk a little bit about what you mean when you talk about craft of writing. Sure. You know, a lot of people talk about it in terms of, of an art form, and certainly it is that. But when you discuss it as craft, talk about what that really means. There are elements of fiction writing that can be learned and absorbed and metabolized. There's storytelling um, techniques and techniques of language that can be internalized and learned that will just automatically make it easier to produce work that moves people, that interests people. Um, you know, I think that's what I mean when I say craft. Talk about the process of teaching that craft and really making the students, in, in this case, understand that. I think that the average student coming to Napa is more interested in improvement and in learning craft than, say, the average writing student. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that for, the, uh, for us as teachers, um, we try to meet the students where they are in the process and help give them tools that they'll sort of appreciate and enjoy when they leave the conference and they're home again by themselves staring at their screen or notebook, what have you. You know, um, if they have just left the kid, dropped the kids at school and are sort of trying to rescue the hour or two they have to do their work, um, we want to make it, we want to make a community where they feel that they are not doing it alone. They feel fortified and strengthened and supported in their pursuit of writing. Talk a little bit about how this compares and, and how it's different than the students that, that you deal with at the Iowa Writers Workshop? Sure. I mean, the Iowa Writers Workshop, as you know, is, is located in Iowa City, Iowa. 
in order for people to attend the program, which is what I call a high residence program, <laughs> you know, you really have to be there. People have to give up their lives and move to Iowa, to the Midwest. Not everybody's able to do that. Um, for people who have full-time jobs and only have a few weeks off in the year, it's a big commitment to put aside an entire week to come here to Napa. But it's a commitment that they're able to do while maintaining the rest of their lives. And, of course, coming to Iowa is a, a much bigger commitment by comparison. It's a commitment of two years of your life. Right. Yes, that's a big, bigger commitment. Two years of your life doing the work in two years in Iowa, right? which for a lot of people is a big deal. Yes, yes, I think so. Mm -hmm. The weather, et cetera. Talk about what you've seen. I mean, in, in your workshop in Iowa, the students that come out of there and the remarkable work that's been produced as a result of that over the years. I find my students so inspiring. There's something really lucky about my life, I feel, in that I am privileged to encounter very talented, very serious students who are at a stage often where they're just discovering what it means to devote time, so much time and energy to the pursuit of creative work. And in that way, so many things about the process are new to them, that they're extremely excited. Everything is a big deal. And that actually wears off on me. I turn to my own work expecting to feel the same charge of newness, which is very useful, you know, when, when I'm trying to create something. And speaking of you creating something, you have a brand new novel out, The Family Chow. Tell us about that. Okay. Um, the Family Chow was a long time in the making. Everyone here at the conference has heard me read <laughs> parts of it over and over, over the last 10 years or so, maybe I'd say six of the last 10 years I've been reading fragments from The Family Chow uh, at the readings. Um, the book is a sort of restaurant succession drama in which a very charismatic and tyrannical Asian-American dad, Chinese-American dad, owner of a restaurant, encounters conflict with his children with his youngest son in particular who would like to become a partner and inherit the place the father who's so confident he doesn't believe he's going to die does not want to give away part of his power to his son and so a lot of conflict ensues talk a little bit about your process as you say 10 years or as long as you've been working on this and that's not that unusual in, in the scheme of things for for fiction work, how you keep the energy, the enthusiasm, the commitment going during that period? You know, it takes me a long time to come up with an idea for a novel. I just don't have that many ideas. So when I do find one that I like, I really want to stick to it. One of the ways in which I manage to get time to work at all, despite my job and also that I have a family, um, is by going to artist residencies. Uh, not places like Napa. Napa is a conference where there's a lot of teaching and right. learning and socializing, but to the kind of residency where you sit in a, a hut all day or a cottage and you get fed, you know, a couple of times a day. <laughs> and and basically the rest of the time you're just working. And Is, yes. th is there collaboration involved in that process? Do I mean, people you can, read your work? Oh, at, at places like this? Yeah. No, uh, not like this. At uh, 
the the retreats, the kind of things you're talking about? I mean, about? I don't really ask people to read my mm-hmm. work at the retreats because they have a lot of work of their own they're trying to do. They're often, uh, they're other writers and they're often visual artists, musicians, composers, filmmakers, dancers, etc. And so the collaboration, it's sort of interesting. It, it, to me, it's sort of a social collaboration. We meet for dinner every day and mm-hmm. I think a lot and talk a lot and have wonderful conversations and then somehow some of it manages to soak back into my writing part of the family chow um involves pirate radio and the oldest son takes to pirate radio to announce his grievances against his father to the entire town or maybe even the world and i came up with the idea of pirate radio as a way for doggo to express his grievances well, I was at a residency and one of the other people there was talking about pirate radio and I started researching it because it sounded so interesting and discovered all about it. In taking that period of time to write something, the way you change, the way the world changes, perhaps the way, you know, in 10 years, the way you look at things changes and, and things have changed around you and how that either is a part of or you have to keep it separate from the work. Well, that's such an interesting point. I mean, by the time I finished The Family Chow, we were in the middle of the pandemic. And yet the pandemic appears nowhere in the novel because it was conceived of and written in the years before we thought about the pandemic. Well, it's also the way in which, I mean, it's not only the way in which the world changes, but the way in which your view of the world might change in that period. I mean, whatever we all came out of the pandemic with from, from, you know, that year, year and a half, Sometimes our views about things have changed. When I was starting the novel, my parents were still alive. Mm. And by the time I was finished, both of my parents had died. And I think the novel became, in some ways, about what happens um, to an immigrant family when the original immigrants, the parents who have come from Mm -hmm. the old country, have passed. You know, what happens to the children? What happens to their identity as immigrants? Mm -hmm. Once you finish a project like that, talk about, one, the sense of relief, and at what point do you start thinking about what's next for you? Well, after I finish a project, there's a period of editing, and then there's the period of... After you're done with promotion. Promoting, <laughs> right. <laughs> promotion, for me, is is very time-consuming because it's energy-consuming. I have trouble openly discussing my work. You know, in order for me to get work done... I sort of shrouded in privacy, mm-hmm. and so the process of having it exposed is tiring. And um, so the book came out in February, and I've been pretty much uh, doing public events off and on since that time. And after the paperback comes out this fall, I'll be doing more events. And I've pretty much put off the idea of attempting to start something serious or to seriously start something mm-hmm. until after that period is over. Mm-hmm. It's interesting t- also that, that you finish it and, and you talk about, you know, shrouding it in privacy, that I'm sure that, you know, you, you know from the conferences you go to and, and your students at, in Iowa that there are those people that part of the process for them is to talk about it all the time to always be talking about their work and that that's part of how they process. I don't actually know that many fiction writers who talk about their work all the time, but I believe that you must have interviewed a lot of them. A lot of them, (laughs) but I mean, as I think about it, it's certainly true of nonfiction authors. Oh, sure. Right. 
maybe less sure. so of fiction. Well, I okay, I have a theory about that. My yes. theory is that for a nonfiction author, the subject of their conversation actually exists physically in the world or has existed in history and there are documents of it. So it's an actual thing. Whereas for fiction writers, at least for myself, what I'm writing about is entirely a figment of my imagination. Right. And I feel like if I sort of talk about it too much, it could kind of change it or make it vanish. And so I don't talk about it as much. Yeah, I mean, there's an element of, of physics in that, you know, the uncertainty principle that if you, you measure something, it acts upon it in a way that changes it, so you can't really measure it. That's fascinating. I had not heard of that, but that is exactly it. Talk about what you uh, talked about with your students today here. Oh, I was telling them what it's like to be in the middle of novels. Like, what is the middle of a novel? Is it the exact number of pages halfway through? Um, is it, you know, a chunk of the novel that's the middle third? Uh, and what is it like to be sort of in the middle of writing a novel? Which part do you like best? I like being in the middle of writing a in novel, maybe two-thirds of the way through, kind of where I know what I'm writing about, but there's still a long way to go. <laughs> and for most young writers, what is the hardest part, do you think? Getting started? I think that for a lot of emerging writers I know the hardest part is working in the face of uncertainty because they all long to be acknowledged and recognized and especially published and yet in order to do that you have to be extraordinarily patient you have to finish the project then you have to revise it sometimes over and over sometimes the first project you know doesn't quite sort of turn out or develop in a way that will make it a success to you um, it's just it's just the patience required is is large. And then of course there's those projects that people have put in that amount of time on, and then they don't sell. They That's don't right. go anywhere, and you know it 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 paves the way perhaps for the next, but it doesn't uh, provide an end in itself. That's right, and I think sometimes people get discouraged and they stop working because they've had a project that hasn't panned out the way they were hoping it would. But other people continue working, and it's been my experience that the people who keep trying despite failure are most likely to become the kind of writers who publish book after book. Perseverance is, yeah. is part of the process in a way. Right, perseverance and stubbornness. <laughs> Samantha Chang, I thank you so much for spending time with us today here. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.